Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Thursday, February 8th, 2024. It's the birthday of American poet Elizabeth Bishop. Today, we'll be reading one of her poems, In the Waiting Room. And this seemed like an appropriate poem because in it, the speaker, who is a young Elizabeth Bishop, uh, finds a special significance in uh, realizing and focusing on the fact or reality of her birthday. Uh, it's a long one, so I'll read it just once, but uh, before I do, i uh, make mention of uh, the, the thing I like most about this poem, uh, which is it is a wrestling with or maybe even a capturing of the moment that the speaker realizes she is both a self, an individual I, and that she has this inescapable link or relationship to the other, uh, that she becomes not only aware of her own uh, individual self, but uh, immediately is also kind of weighed down by uh, the discovery that she is connected in an indissoluble way to uh, not only her mother, her aunt, the women of her own family, but women, period. And uh, there is a kind of uh, dizzying uh, effect that this realization has on her, and she's able to stave it off initially by focusing upon herself as an I, as an Elizabeth. But what I love about the poem is that it doesn't allow us to get off that easily. The solution is not so clean or one-sided. Uh, the poem closes with the war on, obviously a, the literal war still going on in February of 1918, but also the war inside Elizabeth, the continuing tension between the self, the I, and the other, between the unique individual and the uh, larger community uh, that Bishop is both a participant in and an inheritor of. Here is In the Waiting Room. In Worcester, Massachusetts, I went with Aunt Consuelo to keep her dentist's appointment and sat and waited for her in the dentist's waiting room. It was winter. It got dark early. The waiting room was full of grown-up people, arctics and overcoats, lamps and magazines. My aunt was inside what seemed like a long time, and while I waited, I read the National Geographic. I could read, and carefully studied the photographs, the inside of a volcano, black and full of ashes. Then it was spilling over in rivulets of fire. Osa and Martin Johnson dressed in riding breeches, laced boots, and pith helmets. A dead man slung on a pole, long pig, the caption said. Babies with pointed heads wound round and round with string. Black, naked women with necks wound round and round with wire, like the necks of light bulbs. Their breasts were horrifying. I read it right straight through, 
I was too shy to stop. And then I looked at the cover, the yellow margins, the date. Suddenly from inside came an oh of pain on Consuelo's voice. Not very loud or long. It wasn't at all surprised. Even when I knew she was a foolish, timid woman, I might have been embarrassed, but wasn't. What took me completely by surprise was that it was me, my voice in my mouth. Without thinking at all, I was my foolish aunt. I, we, were falling, falling, our eyes glued to the cover of the National Geographic, February 1918. I said to myself, three days, and you'll be seven years old. I was saying it to stop the sensation of falling off the round, turning world into cold, blue-black space, but I felt, you are an I, you are an Elizabeth, you are one of them. Why should you be one too? I scarcely dared to look to see what it was I was. I gave a sidelong glance, I couldn't look any higher. The shadowy gray knees, trousers and skirts and boots and different pairs of hands lying under the lamps. I knew that nothing stranger had ever happened, that nothing stranger could ever happen. Why should I be my aunt, or me, or anyone? What similarities, boots, hands, the family voice I felt in my throat, or even the National Geographic and those awful hanging breasts, held us all together or made us all just one? How, I didn't know any other word for it, how unlikely... How had I come to be here like them and overhear a cry of pain that could have got loud and worse, but hadn't? The waiting room was bright and too hot. It was sliding beneath a big black wave, another and another. And then I was back in it. The war was on. Outside, in Worcester, Massachusetts, were night and slush and cold and it was still the 5th of February, 1918. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support this show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. And if you know anybody who could benefit from hearing a poem a day, direct them there as well. Encourage them to subscribe so that they will get the daily poem delivered directly to their inbox. If you happen to be listening on an app that allows uh, the reviewing of podcast programs, uh, do us a favor and leave a review. That makes our show more visible and helps more folks like you find us and hear us. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.